It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are you? All I have to say is uh, TGIM. Uh, this weekend, the honeydew list reached a, uh, a new uh, threshold for me, actually. Uh, I actually was given things to do by my wife while I was doing things my wife told me to do. Yeah, that's how it was. So that's how it happened this weekend. Uh, yeah, I was given things to do while doing something my wife already had asked me to do. So I'm doing it. And, and you know, can I just tell you before we jump into the news, and there's a lot of great news in the, uh, well, not, I said bad news, actually, but uh, but there's a lot of things on the plate today that I want to get to. And um, uh, But when your wife says, I have an idea, just, you know, just, you know, I generally just go, oh, no. Uh, I got an idea. No, 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 no. Please, God, don't. No, please. Okay. So uh, welcome to the show. Please come inside. Um, so much to get to. Oh, by the way, in, in lovely Chicago, my kids actually just went to Chicago a couple weeks ago for my daughter's uh, 16th birthday, a little kind of a uh, pre-birthday celebration. She's going to be 16 uh, in a couple of days. But uh, she went to Chicago with uh, mom, and they went to the Friends Experience. There's this uh, giant building that has all of the Friends sets in it, and you can have your picture taken in it, and you can sit in the Central Park and all that stuff. It's kind of a big deal because it's kind of a cross-generational show. My daughter loves it. My wife loves it. I love it. And uh, so they went for that, and I was kind of concerned about going to, you know, Mayor Lightfoot, Chicago, considering uh, this weekend 40 people were shot, five fatally. This is not uh, this is not Gaza. This is not Afghanistan. This is Chicago. Forty people were shot. I want you to think about the number, guys. I mean, it, it, it kind of loses its luster after a while, and it becomes a little bit uh, you get tone deaf to it. But forty people were shot. Forty people were shot. Five people died. None of them were unarmed black people at the hands of police. By the way, no. First shooting happened at about 7.30 uh, in the evening on Friday when a 23-year-old was shot in his backyard. He's dead. 27 years old. Jermaine Sanders was shot, fatally wounded on the sidewalk. 24-year-old Latrell Goodwin was found unresponsible in a vehicle about 10 o'clock on Friday in the evening. He had multiple gunshot wounds, transported to the hospital. He died there. Yeah. 39-year-old Gerald Collymore, unresponsive, was found. He'd been shot multiple times. Fifth shooting fatality occurred Saturday afternoon. 26-year-old man gunned down in the street. So there you go. There's a 27-year-old and a 23-year-old and a 39-year-old and a 26-year-old and a 23-year-old. Wow. <laughs> I don't think Al Sharpton's going to Chicago. I could be wrong. Maybe I need to look at his itinerary. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in Asheville, North Carolina, the police department has uh, seen 84 officers leave since January 2020, and it's now making it clear it will no longer respond to theft calls. If somebody steals something from you, somebody busts in your house and steals stuff, the police aren't going to come. This is the Democrats America right here, all. This is the Democrats America. Daily Mail reports the, the department will also forgo answering fraud and trespassing calls. This sends a massive, massive message to criminals that you can take anything and get away with it. You can take anything and get away with it. Isn't that amazing? The Asheville Citizen Times notes that the APD officer attrition rate, formerly one per month, jumped to 7.5 per month in four months after local protests set off by uh, George Floyd. The riots there. As a result, the APD has 167 of its 238 officers' uh, positions filled. 
So there you go. There's your there's your Democrat utopia. There's your Democrat utopia. Oh, oh, Kamala Harris has like five jobs now. Did you know that? She's going to be like the vaccine czar. I mean, she's a very unpopular woman, a very unpopular person, and she's going to go around and convince people to get vaccines. Sure. She's gone 74 days without a news conference since being uh, tapped for the border crisis role. Saturday was the 74th day that she has neither traveled to U.S. border communities nor held a press conference in connection with her duties as manager of the Biden administration's response to the border crisis. Do you know why? Because there is no response to the border crisis. Not one little bit. Not one little bit. But the vice president's critics have argued that by visiting U.S. border communities, Harris would gain important insights on how the migrant crisis has been affecting those areas in terms of crime, business, and strain on law enforcement, personnel, and resources. Uh, They don't care. And and you can get her down there all you want. Uh, She didn't want to go down there because she's going to be embarrassed by it. She's going to be embarrassed to be there. And and it will be shown that what she's doing and what the Biden administration is doing is is wrong. And that's why she didn't want to go down. Otherwise, they don't care. They really don't care. It doesn't matter. This is one of the things that makes the Democrat Party, this incarnation of the Democrat Party, truly evil. I mean, really, really evil people. If you are down with this, you are a really evil person. I mean, you're looking at, uh, check this out. There's been a massive spike in arrests of illegal aliens with criminal backgrounds in the Laredo sector of Texas, which includes gang members and sex offenders. Border agents uh, in Laredo arrested nearly 760 criminal illegal immigrants since the beginning of this year, uh, the fiscal year, I should say, which began October 1st of 2020. All right. According to a news release from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, compared to the same time last year, Border Patrol only arrested 60 criminal illegal aliens in the Laredo sector, an alarming increase of more than 900%. On Wednesday, Laredo Sector Patrol, Border Patrol agents, and the Laredo Police Department shut down three stash houses, apprehended 182 illegal immigrants in the city of Laredo. The migrants were arrested originally from Mexico, Guatemala, Ecuador, El Salvador, and Honduras. The identification and interaction of these stash houses and the apprehension of more than 180 non-citizens in less than two hours highlights the challenges that our agents and law enforcement partners face on a daily basis, Chief Patrol Agent Matthew Hudak said. Yeah, Border Patrol agents also seized 167 pounds of methamphetamine, 21 pounds of cocaine worth $3.5 million. Fentanyl is coming all across the border, too, and deaths are beginning to rise. Meanwhile, in the neighboring uh, Del Rio sector, which is also in Texas on the southern border, arrests of convicted sex offenders have skyrocketed. Convicted sex offenders in the Del Rio sector up up a uh, whopping 3,166%. Compared to the same time frame last fiscal year, there were 95 arrested, including 10 in one week between May 17th and 24th. It's a feeding frenzy for pedophiles because children are being dumped off in the desert. The convictions of those apprehended include forcible sex assault, sexual assault of a child under 14, sexual contact with a person under 13, statutory rape, second-degree assault, uh, sexual assault of a child, and lewd and lascivious acts with a child. But Kamala Harris can't be bothered to go to the border. Unbelievable. So the President of the United States uh, spoke to the GOP convention in North Carolina over the weekend, and he delivered a blistering speech. You saw it on Newsmax Saturday night, and it was, uh, it was really good. And he looks like he's lost some weight. He looked healthy. He looked like he lost some weight. His, his face has slimmed down a little bit. And he just has no, um, there are no filters. There's no filters. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, people are freaking out, and, and, uh, and CNN is freaking out and saying that it's conspiracy theories about the election and all this. I don't know, man, but it sounds like something's going to happen. 
with regard to the 2020 election results and the uh, recounts. It sounds like the president knows something we don't know because he's being very brazen and very uh, no filter. Okay, no filter. Here he is before the speech. Um, This is actually a thank you to supporters. I want you to listen to the words. I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support you've shown. We're going to take back the Senate, take back the House. We're going to take back the White House. And sooner than you think, it's going. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Back the White House. And sooner than you think, it's going to be really something special. But the love and the affection and the respect that you've given all of us, it's really important. The Republican Party is stronger than it's ever been. And it's going to be a lot stronger than it is right now. Hmm. We're going to turn it around. We're going to turn it around fast. Thank you all very much. That support has been so incredible. Thank you. He does. He looks. Uh, he looks very good. If you can't see him, you you should see. You should. He, his face is slimmed down a little bit. He looks really good. He looks ready for battle. Here he is at the speech, uh, talking about how Joe Biden and legitimately is destroying America. Gather tonight. Our country is being destroyed before our very own eyes. Crime is exploding. Police departments are being ripped apart and defunded. Can you believe that? Defund our... Is that good politics? 40 people shot in Chicago over the weekend. Defund our police. Number one, it's bad for our country. But think of it. Defund our police. You know, I've long said they're polyous. They're vicious. They're violent. They, in many cases, hate our country. And they have bad policy. Now, the bad news from our standpoint... They stick together. They don't have... He's talking about the Democrat Party. Some of the people like we have, where they go on their own and they do what they have to, they stick together. And that's the one thing they have. They stick together. But their policy is so bad. And uh, we're going to have a tremendous 2022, just like we did, frankly, 2020. Think of it. More votes than any sitting president in the history of the United States by far. We had a great election. Bad things happened, but we had a great election. Yeah, we did. And uh, here he is talking about the 2020 election. The 2020 presidential election. That election, the 2020 presidential election, was by far the most corrupt election in the history of our country. There's never been anything like this. They used COVID. I got some election news out of California that you are not going to believe, by the way. And they used the mail-in ballots to steal an election. It was the third world country election like we've never seen before. Look at what took place. I want to congratulate, by the way, Republican state senators in Arizona and other places for their great work. That they are doing and exposing this fraud. And maybe, again, I have nothing to do with the Arizona situation. They're doing it. The state Senate of Arizona, because there are so many discrepancies, so many problems. And yep. I've heard from so many people about the corruption and what took place. So they're doing it. Let's see what happens. It's going across the country, folks. They'll be finished in three or four weeks. It'll be very interesting. But I'll tell you, I take, and maybe they'll find nothing. Maybe they'll say, oh, it was a wonderful, perfect election. But maybe not. And now they're looking at it in Pennsylvania. And they're looking at it in Georgia. New Hampshire. And they're looking at it in many other states because they're saying, you know, the same things happened to us. Huh. That election will go down as the crime of the century, and our country is being destroyed by people 
who perhaps have no right to destroy it. And they're also saying that uh, uh, this is a conspiracy theory by Trump, but of course they also said it was a conspiracy theory to think that the uh, China virus, COVID-19, came from Wuhan. And we're seeing that it actually did. What we thought was always right. And, and basically everything that Donald Trump says is, has been right. And the caterwauling from the news media at, at all costs, whether it be his uh, promoting hydroxychloroquine as a prophylaxis to prevent uh, COVID symptoms from getting worse. He was right about that. He was right about Wuhan. He was right about Russian collusion. And now they're saying, oh, this is, this is a conspiracy theory about this election. Well, you know what? Um, it's kind of like uh, getting married to Larry King. You know, uh, Larry King, I think when he passed, he, he had been married seven times. When you're like wife number five and you really think that uh, he's going to be, uh, you know, you're, you're in this forever. Really, you got to kind of doubt it. So when you when you have so many of these conspiracy theories shot down that the mainstream media said that were conspiracy theories uh, and were shown to be true, you kind of got to wonder. You kind of got to wonder. Here he is talking about uh, how China is going to have to pay a very big debt to us for all the damage they caused the United States and the rest of the world with it, either their carelessness or their act of war. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. Yep. We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. They must pay. They owe us a couple trillion bucks. The United States should immediately take steps to phase in a firm 100% tariff on all goods made in China. You now, if he was the president, he would. Joe Biden will never do that. What was happening with our tariffs? In fact, you know, the Democrats were fighting the tariffs. Oh, we don't. Well, he hasn't taken those tariffs off. He doesn't want to. Billions and billions of dollars, 25% tariffs. One China, billions and billions of dollars. They need to be punished. Here he is uh, now. I remember a couple of years ago, he said that there were very bad people coming across the border from Mexico. He said there are uh, felons, there are rapists. And of course, the mainstream media says, he's calling all these people racist. And he wasn't. Well, you just heard the statistics about the number of sex uh, uh, offenders who've been arrested at the border. Uh, he was right again. Here's the president. We have people just walking into our country. Nobody knows who they are, where they're from. There's no vetting. There's no anything. And some of these people are very, very bad people. Much as I said on that beautiful morning when I came down with our future first lady at the time. It's very interesting that Annie Leibovitz was at the White House on Friday there to take pictures of, uh, of Jen Psaki. Yet there was a, uh, a supermodel. As the, an international supermodel, as the first lady, Annie Leibovitz was nowhere to be found. Right, Melania, who sends her regards. But we came down that... There were no magazines doing covers on Melania. It's really sickening. Beautiful gold escalator in Trump Tower. And I made that statement and people hated it. It turned out that my statement was very minor compared to the actual facts. It was very, <laughs> yes, very minor. Yes, he's right. It's another thing we were right about. Without a border, you cannot have a nation, certainly not a great nation. We fight for other countries' borders, but we don't fight for our own border. Think of it. We fight for other countries' borders, but not for our own. Yeah, but you did, actually. And then uh, Joe Biden destroyed it. And that's why we're being flooded with sex offenders and children being fed to them at the border. 
Here he is talking about Joe Biden falling up the uh, the stairs onto Air Force One. And uh, do you ever notice when uh, he had a hard time going up the stairs on the plane? Nobody funny. talks about that. <laughs> Nobody talks. The news didn't cover it. Not one network covered it. Now, when I made the best speech I've ever made, they said it was at West Point. And it was pouring. And I had a ramp that was an ice skating rink. And I called. I said to the general, I said, General, I may have to grab you because the last thing I'm doing is going down. <laughs> So I walked gingerly down. That was on every newscast in the world, and I yep. never went down. Yep. I never went on my ass, I'll tell you. <laughs> I wasn't going to fall. Love it. I think that was a booby trap. I think I'll never forget that ramp. That was like a sheet of ice. It was cold, rainy, and that ramp was long and steep. I said, Jeff. You listen to that Joe Biden speak compared to this guy right here. This is this is just winging it. And he and he comes back to the prompter to prepare it, and then he and he gets off prompter, and he's fantastic. As opposed to Joe Biden, who goes off prompter and starts bumbling. Girl, I might have to grab you, but I'm not going down under. And unfortunately, I wasn't wearing American shoes. I had Italian shoes, nice leather, leather. It's like an ice skating rink. <laughs> But they made that a big story, but they didn't make the Biden fall. The triple fall. I call it the triple fall. <laughs> the triple fall. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Meanwhile, Joe Biden delivered a, uh, an address for all 2020 U.S. graduates. And it talked about uh, the new graduates, that systematic racism was one of the greatest crises of our time, which is a lie. And he said it was an inflection point similar to the Vietnam War, which is a lie. And, and, and what I told you is that this generation doesn't have a Vietnam War, does not have a depression, does not have a whatever. And so they need it. They need that victimhood. That's what this is all about. So when he said it's an inflection point similar to the Vietnam War, he's giving this generation the Vietnam War. So they can be victims, even though they are spoiled and entitled, the first generation to always have a smartphone with them everywhere, the first generation to wear a bike helmet uh, no matter where they go, the first generation who can't stay out after dark, the first generation to, I could go on and on and on, a bunch of wusses, by the way, the last real generation in this country was the, the Generation X, my generation, the generation, the last generation of sunburn and skin knees. The last generation that didn't have a cell phone or a smartphone with them at all times. And the last generation that wasn't being drugged since they were in elementary school. Although some were. Some were. There's a little bit of the, uh, the, the this, is a, this is the difference between uh, our president, Donald Trump, and this man, Joe Biden. Listen to this glorious, wonderful, uh, optimistic view of the future to 2021 graduates. And now... You face another inflection point. As we put this pandemic behind us, rebuild our economy, root out systemic racism, and tackle climate change, we're addressing the great crises of our time with a greater sense of purpose than ever before. Okay, it's not World War II. It's not World War I. It's not the Great Depression. It's not Vietnam. And because of you, your generation, I've never been more optimistic about the future. Than you are pessimistic about everything. What are you talking about? You're never optimistic. I am today. You represent one of the most gifted and talented and well-educated generations in American No, history. not really. No, not really. And I'm going to explain why in a moment. I have, I have a monologue from Bill Maher that I agreed with 90% of it, and it's about higher education. Street. And you're going to see these are not the most gifted and talented generation and well-educated in history, by the way. More change in the next 10 years than you saw and we saw in the last 50 years. But it's going to be up to you. It's 
going to be up to you to translate that unprecedented change into a greater measure of happiness. There the old man's getting all slurry and everything. And prosperity for not only you and our nation, but for the world around you. And I know you will. And this is where the, uh, the high school class just kind of starts uh, looking at the ceiling and rolling their eyes and saying, oh, God, please let this end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here is uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of uh, Florida, who may be on the ticket in 2024 with Donald Trump if Donald Trump doesn't return to office before then. Here, here he is talking about uh, Wuhan and Fauci. And of course, uh, because he's Ron DeSantis, uh, no filter either. This bureaucracy needs to be brought to account. You can't have a bureaucracy that's just going out and issuing these rules on the fly. They literally said... If you're sunbathing on a cruise ship, you have to wear a mask. He's talking about the, all the arbitrary rules that I've been talking about that are nonsensical. For instance, if you're within four feet of someone, you will die. If you're in six feet of someone, you are perfectly fine. Really? I mean, give me a break. And I think now with Fauci's emails and you see all this stuff, it's pretty clear that a lot of this stuff was fly by the seat of your pants guidance. This was they made it up. It was not based on hard data. In fact, there were people who were showing, one pointing out about the, that this thing uh, came from the lab. If you said that a year ago, corporate media said you were a conspiracy theorist. And you would get booted off social media like me. Or booted off YouTube like me. Facebook would deplatform you. I'm going to play a video in a second here of what got me booted from YouTube. For saying that. Now, it's almost impossible to make the case it was natural because they haven't been able to do any linkage. And it's 15 months plus later. Uh, and so the lab leak is by far the most plausible explanation. And so we just have to ask ourselves, why was Fauci and these other people sending grants to Wuhan or some of these other places. I'm sorry, that is not an appropriate use of tax dollar money. And when he testified many years ago that doing gain-of-function research, the risk of having a pandemic is worth doing the research, I disagree with that. I think this has been a disaster what's happened, and China has covered it up. They need to be held accountable, but the bureaucrats in the United States also need to be accountable. 100%, the swamp. Now, this is interesting, and I, and I don't have a lot of time to get really into this, but this is an interesting article from the UK Daily Mail, which has been uh, doing a yeoman's effort with regard to journalism on this. The Pentagon gave $39 million to Dr. Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance. That's the organization that funded Wuhan, the laboratory. The charity that funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan lab accused of being uh, the source of the outbreak. Now listen to how much the gravy train of federal money went to this charity. Federal data seen by the Daily Mail reveals the Pentagon gave $39 million to EcoHealth Alliance, which funded the Wuhan virus in the lab. The majority of the DOD funding came from the DTRA, a military branch with a mission to counter and deter weapons of mass destruction and improvised threat networks. Federal grant data assembled by independent researchers show that the charity was given, are you ready for this? $123 million from the government in total. It received $13 million from Health and Human Services, which includes the National Institutes of Health and Centers for Disease Control. It is not known how much money actually went to the Wuhan lab. EHA has also funded deeply controversial gain-of-function experiments where dangerous viruses were made more dangerous to study their effect on human cells. A 
political storm broke when former President Donald Trump canceled $3.7 million in a grant to the charity last year amid claims that COVID-19 was created in or leaked from the lab in Wuhan. Donald Trump had it right. Grants from the Pentagon included about $6.5 million from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency from 2017 to 2020 with the description understanding the risk of bat-borne zoonotic disease emergence in Western Asia. That, my friends, is COVID-19. Oh, my God. That's $6.5 million for understanding the risk of bat-borne zoonotic disease emergence in Western Asia. They took a bat virus, they synthesized it, and made it deadly to humans. That's what did it. They also received $64 million from the U.S. Agency for International Development, a $13 million from the Health and Human Services, which includes the National Institutes of Health and Centers for Disease Control, $2.3 million from the Department of Homeland, $2.6 million from the National Science Foundation. This was a gravy train for Dr. Fauci's friends. 2014, the Obama administration outlawed gain-of-function research such as the experiments funded by the EHA after concerns were raised among its scientists that it could lead to a global pandemic. EHA reportedly continued to illegally fund the practice using a loophole that allowed for the research in cases urgently necessary to protect the public health or national security. Dazik, the charity's head, has been accused of orchestrating a behind-the-scenes bullying campaign to ensure the blame for the COVID-19 did not fall on the Wuhan lab he funded. He also worked with the lab's so-called Batwoman, Ji Jingli, in their studies of coronavirus. In 2020, Dazak persuaded more than two dozen other scientists to sign off on a letter he had written to highly respected medical journal The Lancet that was seen as so influential that it cowed most experts into refusing even to consider that the virus could have been man-made and escaped the Wuhan Institute. The joint letter published in the journal on February 19th last year praised the Chinese who continue to save lives and protect global health during the challenge of the COVID-19 outbreak and added, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that the COVID-19 does not have a a natural origin. Despite his close connections with the Chinese lab, this is the icing on the cake. Dazik said he was also picked by the WHO to be part of its 13-member team that was tasked with finding the cause of the pandemic, which began in Wuhan, a city of 11 million in central China. There you go, kids. There you go. Unbelievable. Staffers at the State Department warned officials not to investigate the possibility of a COVID-19 leak from the Wuhan lab, fearing it would expose U.S. for gain-of-function research. Thomas DeNano, former acting assistant secretary of State Department's Bureau of Arms Control, Verification, and Compliance, raised the concern in a memo reported by Vanity Fair on Thursday. DeNano wrote that staff from the two bureaus, his own and the Bureau of International Security and Nonproliferation, warned leaders not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19 because it would open up a can of worms. I wonder if this is why Joe Biden canceled the Mike Pompeo-Donald Trump investigation into the origins of COVID-19. I'm thinking, yeah. In one statement, uh, State Department meeting officials say colleagues explicitly told them not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to the U.S. taxpayer funds that were supporting the work. Wow. In 
an interview with the outlet, Vanity Fair, Donano describes his probe into the lab theory was thwarted every turn with hostile and antagonistic technical staff warning him not to open Pandora's box. Things came to a head at a meeting December 9th when the State Department staff met to discuss what the department could or should say publicly about the Wuhan lab. This is a cover-up, guys. It's fairly simple. According to people at that meeting, Christopher Park, the director of the State Department of Biological Policy staff in the Bureau of International Security and Nonproliferation, advised that people shouldn't say anything that would point to the U.S. government's own role in gain-of-function research. This is a cover-up of massive, massive, epic, historical proportions. This is the... I'm going to play a little bit of this. Robert Kennedy delivered an impassioned press conference about um, vaccines. He's, I guess, kind of an anti-vaxxer. But what he said with this, I thought, was very powerful. It's hard to hear him speak sometimes because he has a speech issue, something, some sort of, a, I don't know, he's got a syndrome or whatever. But I posted this on YouTube. This is what got me booted from YouTube. My father told me when I was a child, people in authority lie. And we all, if we are going to continue to live in a democracy, we need to understand that people in authority lie. People in authority will abuse every power that we relinquish to them. And right now we are giving them the power to micromanage every bit of our lives 24 hours a day. They're going to know where we are. They're going to know the money that we spend. They're going to have access to our children. They're going to have the right to compel unwanted medical interventions on us. We, you know, the Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. And the world was so horrified after the war. Marjorie Taylor Greene made a similar comparison, and she was destroyed by the liberal media. We signed the Nuremberg Charter. And we all pledge when we do that, we would never again impose unwanted medical interventions on human beings without informed consent. By the way, in New York, they have vaccine passports. One million people have downloaded the vaccine passport. Now, I want to make a little comparison here. Marjorie Taylor Greene got into a lot of trouble. But I want you to think about a passport that keeps you from leaving your country. If you don't have a passport, you can't go into businesses. If you don't have a passport, you can't go into sporting events. You can't go into entertainment venues. In other words, you are ostracized because you are different. You choose to be something. And that is unvaccinated. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene and Robert Kennedy Jr. here are spot on. And yet in two years... All of that conviction has suddenly disappeared. And people are walking around in mass where the science has not been explained to them. Wow. They are, they are doing what they're told. They are orchestrating these, these. You can't go to church. You can't go out to dinner. You can't go to a concert. You can't send your kids to school. You can't go to work. Government agencies are orchestrating obedience. Think about what they did. Listen to what he just said there. Did you hear what he just said? And it is not democratic. It's not the product of democracy. This guy's a Democrat. It's the product of a pharmaceutical-driven biosecurity agenda that will enslave the entire human race. 
and plunge us into a dystopian nightmare where the apocalyptical forces of ignorance and greed will be running our lives and ruining our children and destroying all the dreams and dignity that we hope to give to our children. That uh, got me kicked off of YouTube, by the way. That video, I didn't even comment. I didn't put it on a show. I just played that. Unbelievable. So AOC's grandmother lives, I guess, what, the Philippines, and uh, her, her house had been damaged by a hurricane, and Grandma didn't have enough money to, to fix the house. And instead of, uh, you know, AOC's making 170 Gs uh, roughly in Washington, D.C., has a neat little apartment and all this, couldn't uh, help out Grandma, but apparently blamed uh, Grandma's state on Donald Trump. Some Republicans got together, raised over $100,000 for grandma, and the family has actually turned it down. Here is Greg Kelly talking with Marjorie Taylor Greene about AOC. I think it's absolutely pathetic, and she constantly plays the victim. This is a woman who gets paid $174,000 a year. She is not married. She does not support a family. If her grandmother is living in squalor or having a hard time, she should be down there taking care of her. She should be paying for a place for her to live. She should be paying her bills and, and, and doing whatever she can to take care of her grandmother because that's what people should do is take care of your own family. But another thing she needs to realize is the government – policies of Puerto Rico are the exact policies that she's trying I said the Philippines I apologize it is Puerto Rico to bring to the United States which is socialism and socialism fails and that's why Puerto Rico went bankrupt already just like Greece did because of socialism so this isn't president Trump's fault this isn't anyone else's fault this is this is socialist fault and this is the policies that she wants with the Green New Deal. You see, AOC has no comprehension of the very policies that she's supporting. She lives in a fantasy world where she thinks socialism is going to solve everyone's problems. But actually, what it's going to do is it's going to put all of the people in the United States of America in terrible living conditions like the people that she's talking about in Puerto Rico. Yep, 100%. 100%. On the Greg Kelly Show. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, Donald Trump has been banned for another two years from Facebook, which makes Facebook even more irrelevant. And I hope, I hope and pray when both houses of Congress are lost to the Republicans, uh, the Republicans will win them, in other words, that they dismantle Facebook and they dismantle Twitter and their monopoly on thought and on the ability to share um, this is uh, Greg Kelly talking with Doug Weed about Donald Trump being banned. This should be illegal. Facebook is keeping President Trump off of its platform until at least January of 2023. That would be past the 2022 elections, people. Do you get it? Given the gravity of the circumstances that led to Mr. Trump's suspension, we believe his actions constituted a severe violation of our rules, which merit the highest penalty available under the new enforcement protocols. Give me a break. At the end of this period, we will look to experts to assess whether... They had already made up their mind before they even began to look at it. And they, they quoted that, that Donald Trump's uh, incited January 6th. That was disproven in a faux kangaroo court impeachment. The risk is to the public has receded. Public safety has receded. Yeah, these guys. If we determine that there is still a serious risk to the public safety, we will extend the risk. Even this language is offensive. Nonsense. For a set period of time, and continue to reevaluate until that risk this has is censorship. receded. Give me a Pure break. This is politics. This is a liberal group, and they're trying to skew the next election. 
That's how I feel. What yep. about the experts? Doug Weed, presidential historian, former advisor to George H.W. Bush, and Craig Shirley, presidential historian, Reagan biographer, some great books. Gentlemen, what do we think here? I am, I am outraged. Doug, first to you. Yeah, they not only want to shut him up, they want to put him in jail. Yep. Uh, this is very close to Putin uh, killing, murdering his political opponents. Pretty we much. do it our way through the media and big tech and through the courts, through prosecutors. This is really scary. Uh, they hate him. They hate what he did for African-Americans in this country that they promised but never were able to do themselves. They hate him for and they never have. energy independence, for reforming NATO, for rebuilding the economy. Mostly they hate him because he got the vaccine in record time. A man He did everything right, guys. Patton-style project. So they've got to stop him from running again. Mm -hmm. He was the greatest one-term president we've seen in ages. So that's and he would have had a second term, but it was stolen. I'll just say that. It's my constitutionally protected opinion. Here is Craig Shirley talking about busting up Facebook. A private company should not have this kind of authority, and I hope there's a way uh, legally somehow to correct this. Craig. There is, you're right, Greg. There is a way legally. It's called the Sherman Antitrust Act, and Get it's been it. on the books for over 100 years in our uh, uh, system of government. Uh, the government has stepped in before when a corporation got too big and too, too oppressive and shut them down, whether it was aluminum companies. Uh, after World War II, or auto, big, the big three, or uh, oil companies, wh what have you. But Facebook clearly is too big for its britches. It needs to be broken up under the Sherman Antitrust Act uh, because it's clearly a violation of, uh, of uh, the bigness that uh, is evident in, in America today. You do not want to violate the bigness clause. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah, I mean, they're a monopoly. They're a monopoly. And they're a vicious political monopoly. And they destroy people. And they destroy people. I was part of a network of 29 pages with 17 million followers, 19 million followers. And in October of 2018, Facebook took all the pages down. I was getting hundreds of thousands of views per episode. Facebook just made them go away. The person who put together that network spent over a quarter million dollars for reach. And his money was gone. He never got a penny back even though they took everything that he had. Facebook is evil. Mark Zuckerberg is a, um, I think he's an Android. I really think he's an Android, to be quite honest. Greg Kelly talked about a, a girl who just delivered, I believe this is in Texas, um, broke into a pro-abortion screed during her high school graduation. Now, the media celebrated this. Uh, the media would never celebrate if a kid um, decided to talk about um, her relationship with God or Jesus or, you know, whatever. But she's a folk hero because she supports a woman being able to kill somebody inside of her. There's a baby inside of her. Kill the baby. Here is uh, Greg Kelly with his thoughts. Uh, it was supposed to be about, well, something appropriate for graduation. She decided to go in another direction. Recently, the heartbeat bill was passed in Texas. Starting in September, there will be a ban on abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, regardless of whether the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest. Six weeks. That's all women get. And so before they realize, most of them don't realize that they're pregnant by six weeks. So before they have a chance to decide if they are emotionally, physically, and financially stable enough to carry out a full-term Let's just say it, because uh, we all know it. Abortion has been used as birth control for decades. Pregnancy. Before 
they have the chance to decide if they can take on the responsibility of bringing another human being into the world. That decision is made for them by a stranger. Lots of decisions are made uh, by strangers. Laws often are made by strangers. Laws that say don't kill anybody are made by strangers. Anyway, she's making her point. She's having her moment. Um, and if you agree with her, maybe she's making sense. Then she gets a little bit hysterical. I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency. You're graduating from high school, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now, it's nice you're the valedictorian and everything, but honestly, you're supposed to graduate from high school. All right, it's really not that big an accomplishment. You're just supposed to. I mean, it's, it's, it's more of a celebration of a life change and everything, but honestly, everybody's supposed to graduate from high school. And peace when there was a war on my body and a war on my rights. Wow, she's spewing somebody's talking points. A war on the rights of your mothers. A war on the rights oh, of God. your sisters. A war on the rights of your daughters. Yeah, you know, move your tassel. We cannot stay <laughs> silent. See what I mean? Now, by the way, this new law says uh, if there is a heartbeat, no abortion. If a heartbeat is detectable, no abortion is... Now, I'll just mention on a personal note that um, I found out my biological family a couple of years ago and I found out the reason why I was adopted was because I was the product of a sexual assault. Um, well, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. Here is, uh, oh, of course, uh, Hillary Clinton sounded off on this because uh, she's a big, big, big supporter of uh, Margaret Sanger, who was a uh, eugenist and a rabid racist who came up with Planned Parenthood. Here's Hillary Clinton chiming in. Hillary Clinton tweeting, this took guts. Thank you for not staying silent, Paxton. All right, number one, this did not take guts. Everyone's hailing how brave this young woman is. I want to show you where she lives, okay, in Dallas, Texas. That is a bright blue county in the middle of a lot of red. All right? This was not, she didn't go out on the limb, okay? She's gotten like two nasty emails. This is one of those uh, neighborhoods where if you put a Trump sticker on your car, it'll be, it'll be vandalized. I know, I've been there. I have been there. Here's a little bit more. This is um, uh, the media sycophants going crazy for the pro-abortion high school graduation speech. A young woman in Texas who showed more bravery than we see <laughs> from our elected representatives these days. Oh, boy. Her name is Paxton Smith. At that age, to step out on that platform, on that issue. Um, How could they say this about her? Because she's white privileged. Uh, watching it back, uh, she did... Um, you could tell it was emotional, that it wasn't just something political, very personal. Oh, no, 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 it, it was political. Wow, what a powerful voice, that brave one at that. Yeah, Meanwhile, if she said, I was told that I cannot talk about my faith because of the separation of church and state, my speech has been quelled, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. No nightly news coverage. You know, however you, you know, whatever side you side on, really, takes really, guts. Yeah, takes guts for her to do oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. See, I side on the pro-life uh, thing, so I don't think it does. I would have been so proud to be this girl mother standing there applauding what she did. I absolutely think this is everything you hope for oh in boy. our young people. Oh boy. Alright, this is our culture. It's got everything they want. Um, Pro-choice and a viral moment and the plaudits continue from magazines. Let's go. Vogue magazine thinks this person should be uh, well, she's a hero. Uh, they go on. They say that she's going to be president someday. And uh, this is from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, ooh, she stood up for women everywhere. No, not everywhere. Not everybody agrees that abortion 
is good. She could be president someday. I wonder how many uh, future presidents have been murdered in the womb since uh, Roe v. Wade. Yeah, probably, I'm thinking millions of them, maybe at least tens of thousands of them. Millions of babies have been killed in the womb. Not all of them could be president. <sighs> Rob Finnerty of Wake Up America had James, Representative James Comer on to talk about what did Anthony Fauci know and when did he know it with regard to his emails and the origin of COVID. What do you think he knew way back when in, in January, in February, March of 2020 when this was all starting? That's the million dollar question. I think that uh, Dr. Fauci was probably relying a lot on the World Health Organization. I would like to know what he knew about the World Health Organization. I'd like to know the conversations that he had with the World Health Organization. And I'd like to know what he told President... You know, as they laid next to each other in bed, just roll over and talk to the WHO and say, Hey, honey, hey, let's talk a little bit about the origins of COVID. Shh, Dr. Fauci, just lay here. Let's snuggle. Uh, Biden met with Fauci and decided to re-enter the World Health Organization. Uh, this is an organization that Donald Trump was exactly correct when he said uh, they weren't transparent. They were uh, catering to China's ever need. They yep. were uh, they were protecting China yeah. because there was always a strong suspicion that China knew a whole lot more about the origins of COVID-19. And there was always a strong suspicion yeah. that China was uh, lying about how many people had died early on. From how could you say that a country that would put Uyghurs into prison camps and, and death camps and sterilize them and then murder them? I mean, how could you say that about a country that do that? COVID. So uh, I think Dr. Fauci has a lot of questions that need to be answered and he needs to be transparent with the American public. I know for uh, every day, for months and months and months, every time I turn Fauci's name should be Fettuccine because he's in hot water. Turn on the TV and turn the channel. He was on there. All right, I made a dad joke out of it. There, bragging about himself. He was on there talking about how the, the great. In other words, he's a limp noodle. Success that uh, the United States was having in combating COVID 19 because of the mask right, and because right. of all those shutdowns. So now he needs to co come and tell the truth and be transparent. I wouldn't hold my breath. A little bit more from uh, Representative James Comer on Wake Up America with my friend Rob Finnerty. Well, I think he's going to be on the Hill pretty soon. He's either going to do that or he's going to have to resign under pressure. Uh, these emails have showed a troubling trend of him flip-flopping on a lot of major... Amazon, Amazon has stopped uh, pre-selling his book. ...issues. This has affected every American... So has Barnes & Noble. American. This has affected businesses. This has run the national debt up trillions of dollars. So I think he's got some explaining to do, and it's very disappointing <laughs> that as much as he's appeared on television, as much as many interviews as he's given when he was on top of the world, that he is the you know to MSNBC and CNN are refused to speak before the House Oversight Committee. Uh, Matt Gates, the uh, representative, was on um, uh, Spicer and Company, and he says that Fauci definitely has blood on his hands. Doctor Fauci has blood on his hands, and now the entire country knows it. We know that the very type of research that erupted this virus onto the world was research that the U.S. taxpayer was funding in part and that Dr. Fauci and his friends were directly involved in. And then in April of 2020, when I came out and said that this is something that escaped from a lab, it's not something that jumped from a bat to a pangolin, whatever that is, uh, I was smeared by CBS News, 60 Minutes and the like for having even suggested such a racist concept. Now that we're seeing the emails, not only are we getting to the truth, wow. we're also identifying those that were involved in covering up the truth. And that's where the cover up lands right on the desk of Dr. Fauci.
So speaking of those emails, it was interesting. Yesterday we had Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch on. He talked about the fact that Fauci, from what he could gather, reviewed and personally redacted each one of those emails, yes. something that he had never <laughs> seen in 23 years. Yes. Is there any way that you and or folks in Congress... So you imagine what the unredacted emails looked like. ...can actually find out what was redacted? Uh, we are going to have to get to the bottom of that. I was actually in a meeting today with Jim Jordan and members of our judiciary staff regarding the basis for some of these uh, redactions. For example, why is it that Mark Zuckerberg is able to offer up Facebook and various tools that he wants to design to help Dr. Fauci craft the message? Because they're all in it together. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. Left wing. Wake up. Okay, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talked with Mark Morgan about uh, the fact that Kamala Harris is uh, the border czar, hasn't been to the border, but she's planning on going to the Northern Triangle. Seems that addressing these root causes in those countries is not the best approach. Look, Jen, it, it, it's a joke. We've been saying this for a very long time. We've known what the so called root causes are for decades. Look, it's, the, the root cause is America is the greatest country on the face of the planet. And we're not going to... Here's the solution to the Northern Triangle. Uh, make your countries not suck. not going to change that. But we can, we've continued to try to improve the economic... Trust me, we did it. ...conditions in the Northern Triangle uh, countries for decades. And look, the, 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 the fact is... Now the people who are really complaining about the U.S. are the people who suck. ...is that no matter what we do... America is always going to look better for these countries, and that's a fact. It's about economics. They, these are not valid asylum claims. I believe Donald uh, Trump called them third world something holes. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I'm going to wrap things up here with uh, with a, a monologue from Bill Maher that I actually agree with with regard to higher education. Now, I went to and I got a bachelor's degree out of double major in uh, communications and foreign language. I didn't need a four-year degree. Uh, my first year was spent taking stupid classes like um, intro to English, uh, sociology, astronomy, um, film study. Uh, these were stupid classes that were a waste, of, a waste of my money. By the time you get into college, you should already have all of the English you need, all of the math you need, unless you're getting into accounting or something like that. It was a waste of time and a waste of money being taught by tenured professors who have unbelievable pay, pay packages, benefit packages, and retirement. Here's the intro of Bill Maher from his show about higher education. Let's talk about what higher education in America really is. A racket that sells you a very expensive ticket to the upper middle class. Pretty much. Pretty much. And Joe Biden wants uh, middle class people and poor people to pay for rich kids going to college. We imagine going to college is the way to fight income inequality, but actually it does the reverse. If you have a bachelor's degree, you make about 65% more than someone who doesn't. And with a master's degree, it's more like 100% more. And the unemployment rate of college grads is about half what it is for high school grads. I know free college is a left-wing thing, but is it really liberal for someone who doesn't go to college and makes less money to pay for people who do go and make more? <laughs> I'm asking. Absolutely. And he also said that colleges really, and I believe this, they have actually become giant daycare centers. Especially since colleges have turned into giant luxury daycare centers with overpaid babysitters anxious to indulge every student whim. 
The University of Missouri has a river grotto inspired by the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> Texas Tech has one of the largest water parks in the country that includes a 25-person hot tub, wow. tanning deck, water slide, and a lazy river. <laughs> a third of students now spend less than five hours a week studying, and when they do, it's for their onerous magnum cum bull course load of sports marketing history through Twitter. Yes, yes. Advanced racist spotting, intro to microaggressions, and you owe me an apology 101. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just, this is great. I can't believe he, I guess he calls himself a libertarian. To some degree, he's more liberal. But, you know, I'm going to give him, I'm going to throw a bone to the, because normally when he says the obvious, because normally he, everybody throws him a bone when he says the obvious. This is a really, really nice monologue about higher education. So I'm going to give him props. Here he is talking about uh, uh, Lori Laughlin. She was the uh, the woman who got arrested. She's the actress who paid like a half a million dollars to get her kid in USC, even though it's uh, free to go to school there because it's California. And she's in state. Why is China kicking our because in 2019, we issued more undergrad degrees in visual and performing arts than in computer and information science or yes. math. Yes. Say what you want about Lori Laughlin. At least she understood that one good scam deserves another. <laughs> and in the immortal words of her daughter, Olivia Jade. Listen. I don't know how much school I'm going to attend, but I do want the experience of, like, game days and partying. Yeah, I'm not f***ing paying for that. <laughs> I love it. Now, listen to this about not only uh, grading in college now, but also the rising cost. Pay attention to this, because honestly, we've got to do something in this country to reform higher education. In 1960, colleges awarded A's to 15% of the students. Because they earned well, it. Well, now it's 45%. And it's not because they got smarter. Nope. It's because of Adderall. And because it's so <laughs> necessary, colleges can charge whatever they want. Since 1985, the average cost of college has risen 500%. What wow. are the business? It doubles every nine years. Every year, it increases at four times the rate of inflation. And yet no one knows how to change a tire. Absolutely true. And finally... The answer isn't to make college free. The answer is to make it more unnecessary, which yeah. it is for most jobs. I used to disagree with uh, some of the European model where they send the kid to trade school. Um, not so much anymore. So that the two-thirds of Americans who either can't afford to or just don't want to go don't feel shut out. Because the system we have sets up this winner-loser dynamic and breeds resentment that working hard has less value than sitting around in this thing. The lazy river. And that, that in turn feeds into our widening political division. Okay. Now... I went to school at a small school called Northwest Missouri State University. They had a tremendous broadcast department. And when I graduated from Northwest, I had a job already. I appreciate what they did for me. The broadcast department was invaluable. 
But some of the other nonsense classes, like sociology from a woman who literally blamed me for slavery, uh, was nonsense. Was nonsense. Um, the fact that I had to take an intro English class, the, 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 I had to take an intro to math th- thought class and waste a semester of my life on it, was a joke. It was a joke. I think that a lot of the times we look at these associate degrees or we look at junior colleges and we look down our noses at them, but I got to tell you, I think they're a great, great choice There's a school near me called Johnson County Community College. It is a fantastic college, and they offer a culinary degree in a culinary school that is absolutely exceptional. It's a community college. We need to trim down higher education, lower the costs, and get rid of a lot of the nonsense that tenured teachers continue to teach that are unnecessary to most. Those are my thoughts. It is time for me to go, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for listening today. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, If you would like to, and I would appreciate it if you do this, go to Apple Podcasts, download the app on your phone, Apple Podcasts, okay? Subscribe to the show, and if you would, give me a review. Right now, I've got a lot of five-star reviews, and I greatly appreciate it. If you like the show, if you like the humor, you like the content, because I put a lot of content into this sucker then please leave a nice review for me. That would be gigantic. That would be gigantic. Big things are coming, guys. Big things, bigger than I ever dreamed of in my life. And it's all because of you, and it's also because of Newsmax. I am blessed to be here. God bless you. God bless our police. God bless our military. Never forget Ashley Babbitt's name. And above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax. America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.